Welcome to a new episode of Save Station Report, where this week we have such engrossing topics to discuss as a new console announcement, two, potentially three studio acquisitions from Sony, and a whole state of play to discuss. As always, I'm your host Dustin, and with me is Connor. Hello there. How are you doing, Connor? Doing well. We got some some games we played, we got some news, and... You know, we're out of the E3 slump, so we get some more news going. Yeah, everybody went, hey, we're done with our break now. Here's here's some news now. Yep. That's how it uh, works. No main topic planned for this time around. We're, we're kind of tired, so we're, we, but we got lots of fun news to discuss and speculate on and all that. So, you know, we'll, 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 we'll get you covered this episode. Uh, but first, before we get to all that uh, relevant topics and news, what have you been playing? Um, well, I mentioned last time I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade. I can't remember exactly how the titles work out for this one, but uh, this is the fancy PS5 version. I have finished that now, the main game. Um, we did a full review of it last year when it came out, and yeah, it still holds up. <laughs> uh, PS5 version still really pretty, and game super fun i was thinking about going for the platinum but it's also needlessly complicated because you have to play the whole game again and i was like oh, i'll wait on that um what i did do though was play the dlc the final fantasy 7 remake intermission i think is what it's called um this is the ps5 exclusive dlc that came out um and it was interesting it was a lot of fun um really made me think about using not just using spells for everything which is kind of what i did in the main game you know you find a weakness you use the spell to exploit that weakness uh this is a little bit different requires a lot more thought on like melee combat and dodging stuff which i found pretty interesting um played a little bit more like a character action game and less like an rpg um not too much of a divergence from the main game but still uh still pretty interesting and then it has some character ties to some other stuff in the franchise that I was like not sure about so um I looked it up and it ties into the games that came after the original Final Fantasy 7 namely Dirge of Cerberus <laughs> so I watched Advent Children which is the sequel uh that movie is dumb and is 60% motorcycle fight scenes so uh pretty enjoyable watch that sounds then, all right to me yeah, it was it was dumb, but I I enjoyed it. Um and then yeah, so I was kind of just looking into that. But yeah, the uh Yuffie DLC for Final Fantasy 7 Remake Intergrade. Uh it's pretty fun. It's not too long. It's like 4 or 5 hours, I think, but it's it's enjoyable. I'm excited to get to that one. Um Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed Final Fantasy 7 and I just haven't haven't got around to it yet there's too much stuff out right now um too many long rpgs <laughs> speaking of which since last time we talked i i have now finished mass effect 2 and i'm on to three um how I don't was the remember. ending for mass effect 2 it was cool as good as everyone says <laughs> um I, see i i don't know that the main story of that game is i think it's good but i i honestly think the meat of that game is the character side stories <laughs> Um, 
Like, it almost feels like more collection of vignettes than it does a real video game. Uh, but it's awesome, so whatever. Um, like, it, it was one of those things where by the end of that game, I loved every character so much. <laughs> it was like, I will die for you, all of you. You're all good. Stop fighting with each other. Um, yeah, I, I really like that game, and I, and I think that I, I can totally see why everybody loves it. And so far into 3, I also really like 3. Uh, and, and 3, it's interesting because it has less of that sort of like collection of side story vibe that 2 did. It does feel like a more, you know, we're focused on the central plot here. Um, and so far, I, I'm also in love with it. And there's a ton of content. Like, I, I feel like I'm about halfway through and it feels like I've been playing just as long as Mass Effect 2, but in a good way. And because of the way um, I'm playing the Legendary Edition collection thing that they just put out. Um, but that comes with all the DLC. And the way the DLC worked in those games is it just got integrated into the main quest. Um, which means it just shows up as side missions. So, like, sometimes you'll go to start a side mission and it'll start a whole, like, five-hour thing. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit. Uh, I didn't expect this to be so involved. Uh, and it's great. I, I love it. I'm having so much fun and gathering up the crew again and... It's you know it's it's the third game so we're we're in the final stretch and things are things are looking a little dire. Um, we're building a fleet of, of ships and that has a cool epic feeling to it. You're kind of like you're kind of you're you know it's it's mostly an action game, but you're kind of primarily also playing politician and getting these different groups to get along and help support each other. It's got this very awesome like epic universe spanning vibe to it that I I'm in love with and and three really does feel like. Such a step up, even more so than two in their gameplay too. I would say at this point, it feels like a good, competent cover shooter, <laughs> which is uh, saying a lot considering one felt le felt awful. <laughs> so um, playing this one, I'm like, okay, this is like pretty good. I mean, it's still not like Gears of War or anything, but it's it's fun. I'm I'm enjoying the gameplay quite a bit, um, and using all the powers and commanding my my teammates and stuff. I I think it is. It's really good so far. Um, I, I am aware that people don't love the ending to three. I, you know, I don't know yet, but but I get the feeling that this is one of those, you, you know, it's corny to say, but it's more about the journey than it is the destination, and I'm feeling that right now. Um, I'm absolutely in love with like talking to all the characters as soon as I can on my ship and seeing what they're feeling about updated events, and like it's it's definitely grabbed me in a way that. But like I, I've been looking for a video game to grab me in, in a while. Like it's definitely feeling a need for like a good story based thing. And I, I I highly recommend the series so far. Nice. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go from one epic fantasy sci fi thing to a let's transition to a sci fi horror kind of, I guess. I've been playing some Metroid games. Uh, yeah, played Metroid Zero Mission, and now I'm on to Samus Returns, um, yep, the Metroid Two the remake, one. 3DS. I really like Zero Mission. I had a great time with it. I played it on Wii U. Um, it's like eight dollars on there if anybody's curious, and it was a it was a really fun time. It took me a little over five hours, I think, on a first time playthrough. Um, don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> Of yeah, it's, it's short. Um, it's 
All of these 2D Metroid games, with the exception of, like, Samus Returns, I think is a little bit longer. Um, most of them are pretty short, and uh, five hours, you know, that's a good length, I think. You know, you did it in a reasonable pace. Um, obviously, speedrunners are, like, under two or under an hour, but... Um, yeah, if you didn't, if you don't know, I'm a huge Metroid fan, and Zero Mission is probably my favorite 2D game in the series. Um, it sits right above Fusion. Um, Super Metroid is like towards the bottom. Don't at me. But I'm I'm really glad you're playing these because I love them. I was the person that when Samus Returns came out, I was starving for a new Metroid game, so I just sat and binged through the whole thing like over a weekend. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad you're finally getting into it and enjoying it. So, yeah, uh, what I, are you thinking about Samus Returns so far? Well, real quick, just to get back to Zero Mission to finish up my thoughts on that. Um, I, I really enjoyed the way it looked, even though I was playing it blown up on a big TV. So it looks a little, you know, you could see those chunky pixels, but, um, overall, I really like the art style of that game. Uh, the only things I, I don't love about it. I didn't love, there's a couple of areas that they hide underneath lava, <laughs> I think it's just kind of a cruel trick um, where the lava just disappears when you touch it so it's like fake and that ended up resulting in me just like every time I saw lava just diving into it just be like I guess there's probably something underneath here which just was slightly annoying um, so, so that was a little bit of a frustration um, there was a boss fight at the end um, not at the end of the game at the end of the original game because if you don't know, Zero Mission remake of the NES game, and it adds like a whole new map. So at the end of the first map of the original game, I really disliked that boss fight. <laughs> um, but other than that, I, I really liked the game. I actually liked the second map more. <laughs> I thought it was a great... Uh, I, th I thought that was my favorite bit of the game. Um, I guess I won't say why, so I won't spoil it, but I, I really enjoyed everything that happened there. Um yeah, overall, overall, really great game. But I will say, yeah, my my completion time was like five hours or something, and I would like almost fifty percent complete. It said, um, I imagine if I wasn't trying to play the whole series, I might go back and do a new game plus. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to get through them. Uh, anyway, Samus Returns. I, I like Samus Returns a lot so far. I really like the melee counter they add to that game. Um, I think it, I think it adds a little bit more variety to the combat. Uh, that was something about Zero Mission that by the end of it, I, I was getting a little sick of the combat. So that, I think, helps a lot. It makes it feel a little more, more dangerous as enemies rush at you and you have to hit the thing. It's not, like, hard or anything, but it adds a little something for me. Um, it is a game that I think is definitely being held back by the hardware it's on, <laughs> visually. Uh, where I, I, I look at these environments, I can tell, like, oh, your artists are doing a cool, good job here, like this cave system, and there's cool waterfalls and stuff in the background, but it just looks so muddy on the 3DS screen. It's really unfortunate. Um, I think, you know, a, a nice, even just a 1080p version of this game would have done it wonders. Um, but other than that, I'm really enjoying the gameplay and the progression. I'm not super far in it, but... So far, like it a lot. Can't wait to get to... I guess Super Metroid's next for me, and then Fusion. I think I've got the order right. Yep, that's the order. Um, I'm glad to hear that you are enjoying the melee counter, because that was the big like sticking point for a lot of fans for this game. Um, because the melee counter can 
be a little bit of a pace breaker where you have to stop and like counter a bunch of things rather than just continually moving forward, which is what people enjoy to do. Um, I personally don't have an issue with it. I find it pretty rewarding to counter an enemy. So yeah, I'm glad that's not not an issue for you. Yeah. Um, if you know anything about me and my preferences of gameplay, I love a good counter, love a good dodge, lo- love that stuff. So <laughs> I'm happy for it here. Well, and that slow pace-breaking thing of the melee counter looks to be something that they addressed for Metroid Dread that's coming out. So, very excited to play that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, yeah, next it would be Zero Mission, which is a remake of the first one. Uh, Samus Returns is a remake of the second one. Third one is Super Metroid. And then fourth one is Fusion. So, that that is the order for them. And in case it wasn't clear, my stated goal is to get through all these so I have... So I'm completely ready for Metroid Dread, even though story-wise they're not really <laughs> anything. Yeah, they're kind of standalone. There's some ties between them, but like you can jump into any of them and be okay. Yeah, but but I, I'm enjoying experiencing the series that I kind of I kind of skipped over. I played through half of Super Metroid when that came to Wii U forever ago, and really fell off of it because I got frustrated. But um, I'm excited to give it another shot. And yeah, Zero Mission well, was you- great. You played the Prime games back in the day, yeah? I played, I did, but I played them as a kid, so I don't think I ever finished them. Um, and I never played two, for sure, but one and three I definitely played. Um, okay. So yeah, you got you got some ways to go. Yeah, yeah. So it's really a series that I don't have too much experience with. Oh, don't worry, we'll do them for the show eventually, I'm sure. Why don't you tell me about Super Hot VR? Yeah, this was one that I picked up on this um, Steam Summer Sale before it ended. It was one of like the main VR games I wanted to try. Um, I loved the Super Hot series. I guess it's a series now. Um, I was saying this on Twitter not too long ago, but I played the original prototype that was like just a browser game, and it was like five minutes or less and free, and it looked really chunky and not great. Um, that was back in like 2013, 2014, somewhere in there. And I loved it. I thought it was really cool. So then when they, you know, expanded it into a full game, the original super hot, uh, I picked that up a little bit later. I picked it up on switch and really enjoyed it there. Uh, recently they just did a sequel for, I mean, most platforms, but I got the PC version for free and that was super hot mind control delete. And that one was also a lot of fun. It was more of the same, but it had a sort of a unique, like almost roguelike structure, but um, it was a little bit like, it was a little repetitive if you care about that, but I feel like the gameplay holds up enough that it was still enjoyable. So the last one in the series I hadn't played was VR. Um, So now that I have a VR, I was like, of course, I'm going to get this. And man, it is an entirely different feeling being able to matrix around bullets (laughs) with your actual body yeah i've heard this is like the best vr game yeah it's not very long um i just watched a speed run of it this morning that was eight minutes (laughs) (laughs) or no it was like nine minutes long um but i mean if on your first run through it's a little tricky it might take you like maybe a couple hours if you are going through it and then um there's some bonus modes afterward still not super long but uh yeah it is a lot of fun it's also a lot more challenging because you have to actually get your throw angles right and get your aim good rather than just you know pointing so 
Um, it is trickier, but it is very satisfying to, you know, dodge around bullets or have a knife and cut the bullets in half in yeah. front of you. Yeah, that sounds like a great time. Um, that stuff like that is why I really want to play Resident Evil 4 in VR. In VR, yeah, that's, that, that's comes out. coming out, uh, I think, before the end of the year, so. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that sounds great. I remember watching Giant Bomb play a lot of that. Um, yeah, I, I, that sounds like a great time. Um, speaking of first-person shooters, I have been playing a FPS that's in early access right now. It is in Game Pass, though, so if you have that, I highly recommend you check it out, called Proteus. Um, and so what Proteus is, is it's it's a Doom. <laughs> it's definitely a Doom. Um, by that, I mean it is a first-person shooter styled in a sort of classic... You know, classic graphics, like it's got this pixelated look to it, chunky look to it. Um, the best part, though, is the weapon models. They are these, like, super highly detailed sprites. They look awesome. I, I was showing Cotter a video of it the other day. Um, they're these, like, just, like, immaculately designed, like, things. And the the animation's great. It looks like, you know, they took out frames to make it all chunky looking. It's, it's awesome looking. Um... But yeah, what this is, it's a, it's just a first-person shooter. It, uh, it looks a lot like Doom. The enemies are a lot like Doom's enemies, almost one for one. Like you could be like, oh, there's the fireball dudes and the zombies and the, the what's the flow? I don't know all the names Connor does, <laughs> but it's basically got all of those analogs, um, and and I've been really enjoying it. Lots of fun weapons so far. Um, there's there's a lot of content here, even for an early access game. Um, I've been playing for like. Oh, five hours or so i'm not quite done yet i'm probably being a little bit slower than the average person though i will say um i'm kind of using this game as a sort of way to teach myself mouse and keyboard controls for shooters because i haven't done that yet um and so that's that's more progression it's been a good game for that though because it's so simple um there's really not a ton of complicated things you could do it's just like you know movement jumping sprinting switching weapons and stuff like that it's uh so so if you're like me and you want a game to teach yourself that, it works for that. Um, but it's also got a pretty cool map editor. I haven't tried out the editing myself, but like they, they've got a bunch of community-made levels on there you can explore. So like, there's a lot of content in here if you're worried about um, you know, purchasing an early access thing. Um, I, I think you'll be fine with this one, if that sounds interesting to you. The only problem I have with it, and I don't think this is a problem most people will have, I'm getting a little sick of the sort of like hell like areas <laughs> like sci-fi hell like you go to one of those and then we go to like a sewage treatment plant and then we go to like a crater in the ground and it all has this post-apocalyptic like feel to it and I know that's very doom and all that but I, I get a little it's getting a little visually boring to me but I, I think I you know that, that's a specific thing to me um but anyway, if that sounds interesting to you and you have Game Pass, you should definitely check it out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's one that I am going to keep on my radar for sure because it, it, from what I just glanced at, you know, gameplay video, it looks to be like what would happen if they made a Doom 3 but in a universe where Quake didn't exist. <laughs> so it still has yeah. that sprite look, but it's still... But it's a lot more advanced in technology, but they're still keeping that old style to it. And yeah, it looks very cool. 
And when I say Doom, to be clear, like, you can look up and down. It's, you know, it's a full 3D movement. It's not the weird, like, 2D, 3D thing. <laughs> yeah, the only, like, 2D elements are just the sprites for the enemies and the um, yeah. guns and whatnot. But it's also a 3D environment, so. Yeah, it's uh, it's really nice. And the lighting's really good, too. Like, the levels look super nice and chunky, um, which I, I do like. Um... All right, well, if you're ready, let's move on to some current events. Talk about some news. Um, let's talk about Sony acquiring some new studios. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they acquired Housemark, who, if you don't know, they're known for developing Returnal most recently, but they also did, like, Super Stardust HD and... Oh, what was the PS4 one? Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, that one. It's a good game. <laughs> A good game on the PS4. Hmm, I can't quite oh, yeah. put my finger. <laughs> it's a launch game. Um, God, what was the name of it? It's the arcade shooter. It's great. Um, Rezogun? Rezogun! Yeah, they did Rezogun. Rezogun's awesome, by the way. If you missed that out on PS4's launch. Uh, but yeah, Housemark. They're mostly known for developing arcade games. Uh, Returnal was kind of a departure for them. But now they are first-party Sony Studio. Which, it's honestly one of those things where if you had believed they were already a first-party studio, I would forgive you because most of their output over the last 20 years has been exclusive to Sony. It's um, like Insomniac. Insomniac isn't first-party. Yeah, it's party. very similar. <laughs> yeah, very, very similar to the Insomniac situation. But, I, you know, cool. I, I think that's great. Um, I know a couple years back they had put out like an open letter talking about how um, the arcade games they were making weren't necessarily making money for them. So I think they're a little worried, um, you know, about going under as a studio. So, and it seems like, you know, that's why they pivoted to Returnal. And it seems like that did very well for them. And Sony liked it, so they purchased them. So that's, you know, stability for the developers. That's that's great. I'm, I'm all in favor for this. Um, you know, hopefully we get a bunch of cool games from them in the future. Yep, I'm all on board with that. Uh, but it seems like Sony wasn't done there. They they seem to be wanting to to make purchases. Um, They're going shopping. They, yeah, they also bought Nexies, Nexies Software. Um, I did not know who this was until I was looking it up. Um, they are a porting house. They mostly focus on PC ports. They've done a lot of Square stuff. They did like the most recent Deus Ex, and I think some of the Tomb Raider stuff. Um, Supposedly in high regard, like people like the studio for their work. So PlayStation has acquired them. Uh, seems like they will be working alongside PlayStation Studios Technology Research and Service Group, which if you don't remember, I'm pretty sure is the group that when we talked about the Last of Us remake and the Uncharted stuff before that, they were making that before they got pulled off of that. So, um, you know, I... I I don't know if that means anything here. What this says to me, though, is it, I think it. I think this speaks to Sony's further commitment to PC ports. Is what I think this means. Yeah, I think they're just locking the studio down just to be like, hey, you just work for us now. Like, just just start getting to work. Um, you know, porting our games, which cool. I'm I'm happy to see that. Um, you know, like I said, PC ports good, A plus. Um. Now here's for an interesting part. This is the baby, maybe the third studio they're acquiring, though we don't know for sure yet. So on the same day that they announced the uh, Housemark acquisition, 
they they have this like image that they put out this like social media image that's got like you know all the sony first party studios like key art behind it and then it says you know playstation x housemark and then they had one for nexus as well uh sony of japan put out a tweet that was identical to the other ones talking about blue point but it had the wrong image on it the image they put up was the exact same except instead of instead of um housemark it said blue point and also i believe in the back it featured the demon souls key art <laughs> um oops <laughs> Uh, so we don't know for sure, but it's looking likely Sony's probably going to be purchasing Bluepoint. Any thoughts on that, or did I lose you again? Um, I think you know that's not too bad. You know they've done some pretty good work with their uh, Sony remakes, uh, most recently Demon Souls. But the uh, I don't know if that's like a super great thing unless they put them on more older uh, re-ups otherwise like it's kind of limiting them to sony properties when they might want to do some other things but i don't know i hope it works out for them um and if we see more like first party sony stuff specifically from like ps3 era um and ps2 era being re-upped then that's totally cool by me i mean to be fair, I'm pretty sure Sony doesn't own Demon Souls, right? I'm pretty sure they just like what No, they do. It's that. they it's um I think it's shared between FromSoft and Sony because it was a Sony exclusive. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, but interesting nevertheless. Um anyway, I do think this is real. <laughs> that image um why would they have that image if it wasn't <laughs> like it's just a a dumb thing that happened, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, some Sony news. Uh, but moving on from Sony for now, we will be back. Let's talk about the new Nintendo Switch. <laughs> that might as be well be what it's called, because this is Nintendo's naming. Uh, this is the Switch OLED model. Um, or as I heard it called today, the Swoled. <laughs> the Swoled. Which is much better. Um, <laughs> we'll call it the Swoled from now on. Uh, this one has a larger screen than the original. It's an OLED screen, so it has a better dynamic range, and it is brighter than the standard models. Um, the screen is 7 inches as opposed to, I think, like the 6.4 inch that the original was. Yep. It also has a larger ad adjustable kickstand. Uh, it has a LAN port built into the back of the new dock, which also means it has one less USB port, but like that's not really a huge downgrade, honestly. Uh, and then this one has more internal storage capacity at 64 gigabytes, which is still not really a whole lot, but you know, it still has uh, micro SD support, so whatever. Uh, and then they just said that it has enhanced an audio from the handheld tablet, but they didn't really specify anything about that. Yeah, so I would maybe take that as, you know, I you know it's not going to be 3D audio or anything cool like that. It will retail for $350, um, so $50 more than the average, than the like current Switch. Um, This is fine. <laughs> I... So, this is not the Switch Pro we and everybody else has been talking about for months and months and months. Um, 
this is this is like sort of I hesitate to even call it a half step upgrade. <laughs> it's definitely an upgrade. Like OLED screens are really nice. Um, you know, more space. The switch is in desperate need of it, though. Sixty four gigs is still not a ton. <laughs> I will say, um, it seems okay. I don't know. It's almost boring. Where I don't really have like a concrete opinion on it either way. I think it is both not that great, but also, yeah, it's technically an upgrade, <laughs> if you want. Um, we should say, it also, the Joy-Cons are also white, and so is the dock, so there's that, um, is another difference. I don't know, what's your take on this? Um, I don't mind it. <laughs> I think it's something that, um, had I not already had a Switch, I would consider, because um, I do play a lot of um switch in handheld mode so having a you know better screen and i mean it has a longer battery battery life than mine which is still the original model um it was something that like if i want if i really wanted to upgrade this isn't a bad option but i don't feel the need to just yet so you know it's one of those it's like kind of the same feeling i have with the switch Lite, where like it's cool for the people that want it yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, um, the seven-inch screen, like, y that sounds nice to me as somebody who wishes this, like, I would buy a, one with a massive screen. I, I, you know, I would love that. Um, but, you know, it it seems fine. There's no difference internally on the Switch, so you're not going to get anything running better on this. It'll just look nicer on that screen. Um, but, you know, okay, that's... That's fine. I will say the price the price does raise my eyebrow when I think about how you can get an Xbox Series S for $300 and a PlayStation 4 for $400. It does make it look a little... I can't decide if it makes the Switch Pro look overpriced or the Xbox Series S look underpriced. <laughs> um, so there's that. And that's going to be different to everybody. Yeah, that's true. The things to keep in mind, though, is that this is a handheld, and to get this power out of a handheld is still kind of crazy to me. Um, I know is it's it, not stellar, but that's fine. Is it four years um, on? I think we're kind of getting to the point where the Switch is, is looking a little rough. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's it's still, like, <laughs> it's still kind of wild to me. <laughs> I guess I'm still living in the past a little bit, but it's one of those where, like, um, like, yes, these other consoles are like comparable prices, but you know, they're kind of, they're a different thing. So like, it doesn't really, it, it doesn't really matter to me in that respect. Plus, um, it's also worth mentioning that this is not the switch pro, <laughs> which, um, according to some rumors, which, you know, of course take with a grain of salt, um, that could be next year is the actual switch pro the one that's been rumored to have like 4k and whatnot. Um, it does seem weird that like, Oh, we're going to announce it. And then we're going to announce a different one next year. But this is also the same company that had six 3ds. So like, <laughs> you know, it's not unheard of. We could be getting a better one next year or later. And, um, again, this is just something that's there. If you care about it, if you don't, then whatever. Yeah, and to be clear, I, I agree. It's still fun to pull the Switch out of the dock and be like, oh, I'm still playing the same game. Um, 
now except for with me this is something i do need to bring up um my joy cons have started to drift pretty badly <laughs> um and nintendo has not said if these joy cons are different which leads me to believe they are not so yeah warning on that's that. fair um yeah, Joy-Con drift is still an issue for some people. Uh, I had that issue. I've since repaired mine by sending it in to Nintendo, and they repaired it for free, and it hasn't been drifting since. That was a couple years ago. Um, but, you know, if you're hard on them like I was at the start, like, it can it can happen, so. Yeah, I would blame yourself for that, though. This is a company that put out a handheld-only Switch, where you cannot replace the Joy Cons and those drift, so I do think it is worth saying, like, hey, oh no, they're not. Buy a Joy, be, buy or beware on that. Yeah, they're not <laughs> um, good. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I will say I, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled on GameStop because when they did the 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 other Switch model that they didn't really like make a big deal about, but the one that was in the red box with the better battery life. GameStop did like a trade-in thing where you could basically get it for a hundred dollars. So if something like that happens, I might I might look into it. But other than that, I, I probably will skip this. Um, you know, stay peeled to Wario sixty four. <laughs> He'll let you know. Which was cool about the reveal trailer. The first game they showed on it was Metroid Dread. Which as a Metroid fan, I'm like, wow, look, it's getting attention. Um, but that makes me think that there's not going to be a Metroid Special Edition, which I am still standing by the next switch i will buy will be a metroid special edition if they don't release one then i won't get a new switch <laughs> basically is what that's going to amount to you will be waiting till maybe metroid prime 4 <laughs> maybe exactly so that's that's what i'm thinking is if they do a metroid prime 4 themed switch pro then that's what i'll get <laughs> fair enough um otherwise me and my original model ride and die you put some stuff in here about the EA Play panel, um, which we should note. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was soon, or had happened. But the EA Play proper showcase isn't until the twenty second. Yeah, they have separate like smaller presentations um, happening throughout the month. So the one that happened, the one that did happen was EA Play Future of First Person Shooters was like the title of it. Um, I scrubbed through it. It was like half an hour, but all they talked about was Battlefield 2042 and Apex Legends. And yeah, which I believe it. they even advertised this with. They were like, hey, we're talking about Battlefield and Apex. Um, um, and they did it in a really weird way where they bounced between the two. There wasn't like, okay, we're going to talk about Battlefield and then we're going to talk about Apex. They just had like developers kind of all on the call and then they just bounced between the two games back and forth. And it was really yeah, confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Did they show new gameplay for Battlefield, or was it just like what we've seen before? Um, I couldn't tell. I okay. d- d- haven't really paid attention to Battlefield that closely. Fair enough. I'm I'm a little curious about that game. I will not be picking it up at launch because I don't want to pay $70 for it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm curious because I've liked Battlefield games in the past, but we'll see. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. There was also that tweet from Bioware that said they're not showing anything at ea play and i don't know if it was this one or later um they announced a new uh star wars the old republic expansion but that was it they said that dragon age 4 and mass effect 4 are not showing up soon 
Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, you know, I I don't think we'll see Mass Effect for a long time, and then Dragon Age. They've only showed CG trailers, and so I think if they came out showed a third <laughs> Dragon Age CG trailer, it would be riots. Um, so yeah, so I just prefacing that with skip like, it. <laughs> like it's not ready. <laughs> We're not going to show it. You have to wait. Yeah, which is that that seems reasonable. Um, I mean, I know we talked about this before, but do you have any updated thoughts about EA stuff? Um, I know it's not typically your bag, but they they've got some games. Do you think we'll see Fallen Order two? Um, I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> like, there's a possibility, yeah, but like Respawn seems to be all in on uh, Apex. They were showing a lot of like we're doing a lot with Apex, so maybe, but like. I don't know. Yeah, it's a border where they have two. I don't know if they have two whole studios or two teams, but they definitely have two two development parties there. Um, I think there's a chance we see that. Maybe maybe a small announcement for next year or the year after. Um, I I really think we'll see that Dead Space thing, whatever that ends up being. Um, but other than that, I, I don't know. Um, probably some neat indie games, I'm sure. Um, anyway, let's talk about one of the best games from last year, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, we're getting a definitive edition. Wait, no, I'm sorry, a director's cut. (laughs) Um, for Ghost of Tsushima. Um, this annoys me because they don't put the director's name on the box. <laughs> Whose director's cut is this? I just complained about that for a minute. <laughs> like, how dare you call it that? Like, put put a goddamn name on the box, you assholes. Um, if you're gonna call it that, um, so this is basically a fancy way of saying eh, it's DLC. <laughs> um, it's we're DLC getting... and a PS5 upgrade all in one. Yeah. So kind of. <laughs> well, let's talk about what this upgrade is. That or how do you get it? Um, so if you if you have you could you could buy this you know physically for full price which will include everything um, for PS5 and PS4 it's ten dollars more sixty seventy but you can also upgrade it for cheaper if you own the PS4 version and you just want the PS4 version of Director's Cut it's twenty dollars if you want to upgrade to the PS5 version it's thirty dollars so you get that ten dollar upgrade fee um, there which has been standard this generation unfortunately but that's that's how it is but let's talk about what you're actually getting in the director's cut main thing here is the Iki island expansion um and this is basically just dlc it's a new island with a new story new characters new location um i can't wait for it that sounds great i want to play more of that game i really enjoyed the storytelling of it so more sounds wonderful to me. Um, it will be accessible after you unlock the second island in the main story, so you got to play up to that point to get to it. But cool, I'm super down for this. Yeah, uh, I thought um, I thought the main quest was cool, and like the main area was pretty sizable. But having more stuff for that is very exciting. Yeah, totally. Um, so so you know that's that's basically what you're getting for the twenty dollar thing. Yeah. Um for PS five exclusive stuff, um I think that This is very exciting for me. Okay, yeah, so the biggest thing you're getting is Japanese lip lip sync. 
Yes, um, thank you. <laughs> and they said the reason for that is because because of the power they can render cutscenes in real time, I guess. Um, Which so I thought they to... could do before, but the um, I think they have some system that auto lip syncs, and yeah, they want I think to be able it. to run that. Uh, I don't smoother. think they want to like have to animate it all. So yeah, so the PS5 can just run that program on top of it, and then have it lip sync. Uh, and then you're getting bells and whistles you'd expect from a PS5 version, haptic feedback, 3D audio, um, improved load times, 4K resolution options, and 60fps options, which seems odd to me. I would kind of expect you just have a 4K 60 mode at this point, <laughs> like if you're making a big deal about upgrading. Um, but whatever, I'll talk about why in a minute, because I think this is a little silly. Um, so... So uh, they also said, hey, you can transfer your save to you know the new version, which, sure. Um, they are also offering new free options in a patch. So the free stuff includes new accessibility options, a target lock-on mode. Thank you. You fixed the biggest problem in that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that's a free option, yeah. Same yep. with the accessibility options. Yep. Uh, and they said they put this in a funny way in their blog post where they were like, and hey, this one's for the one person who keeps tweeting at us, which I thought was really funny. Uh, but I guess you could hide your quiver during gameplay. I guess that was annoying one fan in particular. <laughs> Just one person. Like, I don't I like this. Fun. Okay, cool. Here, here's your option for it. <laughs> that's fun. Um, and they will also be adding new Legends content, which is the multiplayer mode, which is cool. Um, yeah, and that so, multiplayer mode was already pretty sizable, so that's pretty cool. So, let's talk about this upgrade fee to the PS5 version, because it's sounding largely unnecessary, unless you really want the Japanese lip sync, which I get. I know that annoyed some people. Um, but other than that, it doesn't really seem like you're getting a lot. <laughs> um, because if you don't know, they patched Ghost of Tsushima, the PS4 version, to run 4K, you know, really nicely on ps5 and the load times of that game are already super short so i'm a little baffled as to this you know yeah this is a little weird because i mean this is an extra 10 bucks you're paying if you want the ps5 version specifically um otherwise you could just do ps4 to ps4 director's cut for 20 bucks and then just play the ps4 director's cut on the playstation 5 yeah, and they haven't really showed, like, if you have nice headphones, you get the 3D audio, and I'm sure that's nice, but... And, like, the haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers, that's neat, but ultimately unnecessary. Yeah, I don't I don't know about this one. I think, I, personally, as of right now, as of recording, I'm pretty much considering just getting the PS4 upgrade and playing on my PS5. Um, because this... What's good, though, is that you can do that and then if you do feel like you want the extra thing you only have to pay 10 bucks from the ps4 director's cut to the ps5 director's cut yeah so you still pay in the 30 overall but you don't have to pay any more than that so that's an option <laughs> yeah you, you can piecemeal it like that but yeah it's just it just seems a bit it, it really feels like it's mostly sody trying to establish like hey games are ten dollars more now pay up on the new console generation that it does like feel like they're actually making it worth it which i don't know how i feel about that one um i was gonna i was gonna ask you earlier 
Because this is very similar to the Final Fantasy VII situation. Um, did that DLC feel like it couldn't have worked on PS4? Because it's exclusive to PS5. Um, yeah, in some ways. Um, okay. I feel like they could have made it work on PS4, but I enjoyed the PS5 version, I think, a lot better than it would have liked. Um... You know, it probably could have run on PS4, but we might run into a Last of Us 2 situation where the PS4 just yells at you constantly about it. Oh, sure. That's every PS4 game at this point, though. (laughs) The fans just do not like it. No. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, interesting upgrade situation. I'm excited for the Ghosts for the Iki expansion, though. I'm I'm excited to play more of that story. I... It's a beautiful game. I want to be in it more. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty stoked on that. All right, um, more Sony stuff. So Sony had a a um, state of play a couple days ago as of recording, um, which we watched, and I really appreciated. I do want to say before we start talking about this, they set expectations correctly. Where right away they're like, hey, we're doing a state of play this week. Also, no first party stuff. Don't expect Horizon, God of War, Grand Turismo. Grand Turismo. We're not doing that. Um, so I really appreciated that setting of expectations. And I had a fun time with this show. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I honestly kind of forgot that it was happening. So it showed up and I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll tune into this. So I basically had no expectations going in. So um, I was pleasantly surprised by some of the reveals here. Yeah, let's... Uh, well, let's get into it. First thing they showed off, Moss Book 2. Um, looking cute as hell. <laughs> yes, Moss is a game I have not played yet. It is a VR action platformer, um, which seems right up my alley. <laughs> you know, an action platformer, and then now I have a VR. Um, the first game is on Steam. This was showed here as a PSVR game, so I don't know if that's coming later to PC or if it's going to be console exclusive for a while, but yeah, it looks very charming. It looks very, great. Um, very Redwall, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which I love. I was really hoping that this one was not going to be VR so I could play it. <laughs> they were like, VR, and I was like, damn it. Um, but it does look great. Uh, so cool. More Moss. Uh, interestingly, it's announced for PSVR, the original, not for the new one they're making, which I do find interesting. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Arcadegeddon. So this is a co-op third-person shooter. It's on early access on PS5 now, and I believe it's the same devs as who makes those, like, like Friday the 13th and the Evil Dead game that's coming out. Like, it's that developer. <laughs> Who people like, so I don't know. This okay. trailer did nothing for me personally, but I don't know. I saw some. Yeah, I I, I kind of like the graphical style of it when I first saw it, and then they said, "Oh, it's a co-op third-person loot shooter," and I'm like, "Oh, cool!" You immediately lost me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I saw some people being like, you know, people who like Splatoon were into it, the look of it. So, you know, if you like that, maybe check it out. Um, I do like Splatoon. I just don't care for a third person co-op loot shooter um yeah but arcade again i like the name it's fun to say um 
and people like that developer, so that's cool. Uh, some more Triumphs of Midgard was shown. This was also shown around at E3. Um, Norse action RPG, Diablo-like. Um, it's out July 27th, um, and they, they talked about their Season Pass content and all that. Um, I think this game looks super nice. It's just not a genre that appeals to me personally. Um, we, we watched this together, and I feel like you had the same opinions. Yeah, it was one where, like, I... I was like, okay, maybe if I was into this genre, I'd be cool with it. But then also announcing that there's like a whole season pass and post-launch content before your game is really like taken off seems a little bit weird. It seems like they're pushing it as a games as service thing, which I'm not wild about. But I don't know. More power to you if you think this is cool. Yeah, it's got a nice look though. Reminds me of uh, yeah. like Immortals Phoenix Rising, like that kind of cartoony like nice clean vibe um cool i'm excited for this next game though this yeah this was one that caught us off guard as we didn't knew nothing about it when it was shown but man it was cool uh this is fist uh an acronym for forged in shadow torch um, could drop that second bit a... <laughs> in the title <laughs> just call it fist just call it fist yeah um it's a 2D character action slash platforming game. Uh, looks very much like a 2D character action game, and then there's some light platforming thrown in. Uh, your protagonist is a cybernetic rabbit who has a giant robotic arm that he punches things with. Yeah. Um, it looks stupidly edgy where it's like, oh, these are, you know, anthropomorphic animals, but also we're going to make it super gritty and, oh, gro- like, oh, man. But, <laughs> I don't know, I'm into it. Um, it looks super fun as well. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Um, and it's out really soon, September 7th, on PS4 and PS5. Um, I highly recommend people go check out the trailer. That was kind of the highlight of this for me. Um, just as something new that I hadn't um, known about. Looks looks dope. Um, Hunters Arena Legends, 30-player melee battle royale game. Will be free on PlayStation Plus, Maybe? We were talking over it, so I don't know if if we just missed I this. I did look this up. It it will be free on PS Plus on launch day, I believe. Okay, it was a bit confusing, or, but or I, a little bit afterward. Okay, yeah, we were kind of talking over it, so I was like, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, yeah, out August third, it, it looks okay. Um, it, it being free on PlayStation Plus does mean I might check it out. Um, I have had bad luck playing melee combat games online before i think there's just something about making those hits feel impactful that translating it over the internet is hard <laughs> um that's why you hear so many people complain about like netcode and stuff in fighting games so i don't know about that but we'll see um you know it had a nice look yeah this being this being free makes it a lot more interesting uh it's not something that i would pay for <laughs> yeah agreed um let's talk about sifu sifu i'm so excited for this game yeah yeah this is a big one for us um they showed some more gameplay and uh showed off that mechanic again where every time you die you age up a little bit um and so it's basically it basically means you have a life system um that's shown through your character's age it just looks great animation looks super fluid it looks awesome um delayed till 2022 and they announced that in the meanest way possible. 
<laughs> yeah, they're showing through the whole trailer. They're showing, you know, he dies and then it shows the age like roll up on this little counter thing. And then they do that at the end where they show 2021 and then it rolls up to 2022 and you're like, oh, dang. Yeah, that was. I mean, I don't have an issue with it being delayed. It was just that way of showing it. I'm like, oh, that was cool. But like, oof. Yeah, it was definitely like, <laughs> I don't know if you wanted to present it in that way. Because like it presents it as like, oh, we're about to get this specific date. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Ouch. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for that. It, it looks fantastic. Um, they did say on Twitter, though, that it was. It was a case of either under-delivering with the game or crunching their employees, neither of which they wanted to do. So they're like, okay, we're delaying it. And, like, I'm all on board with that. So, um, You were a little more hot on this than I was, Jet the Far Shore. Um, this is one of the original games they announced. Uh, they're, like, original, like, here's all the games, you know, we're working on for PS5. Um, it's an It's an exploration game. Um, sounds like, you know, you'll be able to fly around in ships, but also go on foot. It's later this year. I don't know. For me, it was the kind of thing where, like, they talked about narrative and story, but then didn't really tease what that was. And I feel like I kind of need that. They, they they talked about narrative, which is cool, but they, they didn't really tease what that narrative was. And I feel like, for me personally, I kind of need to know that. Like, I'm, like, I think, like, this game could be cool, but I, I need a little tease of the mystery of what's happening here. Yeah, it, it seems interesting, but um, not quite grabbing me just yet. Yeah, it looks a little No Man's Sky-ish, except on one planet, I suppose. But um, they talked about how you're not going to be in combat or resource gathering, really. It's more focused on the exploration. You might be avoiding enemies, I guess, but... So, yeah, it looks fine. Um, you know, show me some... Give me, give me a little bit of mystery. Give me something to get me hooked, and, and we'll see. Um, oh, boy. I'm going to mispronounce this so hard, Connor. This is Demon Slayer, the Hinokami Chronicles. Uh, Thank there, you. There's another <laughs> title in there that I left out. I think it's just the Japanese title of Demon Slayer. I don't know. I didn't put it in there. Um, this is based off of the anime Demon Slayer. Um, it is a cel-shaded character action game. Looks very similar to the anime, which is great for a tie-in video game. Looks super nice. Yeah, it looks really clean. It looks I like the um, some of the character designs are pretty fun, but um, the combat looks interesting and pretty fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. If I was a Demon Slayer fan, this would be really cool. Um, I am not one of those, so it seems tangentially interesting. <laughs> Yeah, if it's a cool action game, I, I, I would be on board. Um, the only thing that has me concerned is the whole trailer basically showed what environment. Like, it's like dojo area that like shifted into different looking rooms. And I'm a little like, oh, is this going to get stale? Um, but I, they did. They showed a sort of collage of different environments at the end. So I don't know. Um, we'll see. It's out October 15th. so uh, Only a PS4 version, I believe, for that one. So, you know, that's not, a little odd. Not like it won't play on PS5, but you know yeah uh new last judgment trailer fuck yeah they showed the goofy stuff um you know skateboarding uh robot fighting dancing motorcycle racing dog walking looks like you might be able to have a dog as a companion maybe getting fights with you i'm in um it's out on ps4 and ps5 september 24th i'm really excited for this I still haven't played Judgment 1. I bought Judgment 1 because it was cheap, and it will not be here till like, 
the day this one comes out, and that is really upsetting to me. <laughs> well, hey, maybe you'll get this one cheaper That's if true. you buy it later. That's true. If you don't know, the, the Judgment series, it's a Yakuza spinoff. It's from the same developers, so it's that same brawler, beat-em-up style, in the same universe, I believe. Um, so... You know, if you like that, and you should like that, <laughs> check this one out. Uh, and if you don't know, if you haven't paid attention to the series for a while, I was talking about this with Clutter uh, when we were watching it together. I think the first Judgment was the first one that had a full English voice cast. So if that's something that's put you off from the series before, they've got that now. So no excuse. Check it out. <laughs> They're really good, I promise. Um, I mean, you got skateboarding and dog walking in the same game, so yeah. you, you kind of sold me on that. Brawling, and sure. I've also fine, heard but... great things about the about the voice cast for the first one too. By the way, so def- definitely give that a look. Yeah, September twenty fourth uh, is when this new one comes out. Yeah. All right. What's going on with Death Stranding director's cut? Uh, Death Stranding director's cut is. A PS5. Well, first of all, I'm really glad that Kojima gets to share his full vision with us. Because <laughs> he was so restricted on the original. Restricted. You know, studio getting in the way. So I'm really glad that he got to finally cut his movie <laughs> the way he wanted. Oh, um, my God. Um, I think director's cut is just the Sony way of saying, hey, it's the PS5 version, but with added stuff. Yeah, so we're gonna, <laughs> we got to wait till we get a third one. The Last of Us 2 director's cut or... Oh my god! You know, days gone. Director's cut or whatever. You know, we're gonna get a third one of those. Then we could say that's their definitive versions. <laughs> but announcing two right back to back, you're like, mm, okay. Um, this is a PS5 exclusive version. There's no PS4 version of the director's cut. Um, just a heads up. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think I realized that. So is this stuff not coming to PC? Uh, that's unclear, but. Um, some people were like, okay, I'll just wait for the PC's version. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, we don't know anything about that yet, but the PS5 version, this director's cut, it has new bosses, uh, new story missions. They also stated that it has upgraded melee combat. There's like a lot more moves and stuff that you can do and to spice up the melee combat. Uh, there's new guns. Uh, there's like mounted turret and then there's like a like a laser gun type thing. It's like a long distance taser. Um, I don't know if that quite fixes how the shooting felt in the original. There's also like a um, firing range and like that kind of stuff. So maybe they put more work into that. Um, Not sure. What's really exciting though, is there is new porter tools. So thing structures that you can build to help you transport cargo Um, and they are kind of goofy. This one's the cargo cannon, (laughs) the cargo catapult. (laughs) You just put all your packages into a pod and then you shoot it far across the map (laughs) to pick up later. Um, there's also the buddy bot, which was in the original. There's a thing you can have to automatically deliver packages like in the background. It won't do a great job, but it'll do it. Um, you can now have one of those by your side and then you can also ride it. And then this one was super cool. dumb. This is just a ramp. <laughs> so you can drive your vehicles up off a ramp. Yeah. Um, and then um, there's also a racetrack that you can drive vehicles in for a bonus mode, I think. That's stupid. <laughs> that is some dumb yep. shit. Um, cool. Um, they also said new story missions. I... 
I hope those are substantial and those aren't just like, oh, here's more deliveries for you to make. <laughs> they wouldn't <laughs> call them story missions if there wasn't. No, the, um, from what they showed, there's little clips in the trailer. It shows, it seems to be like actually explaining some of the backstory for like the BB project and maybe some of like the um, previous war that, um, uh, de- not Dead Man, what's the other one? die hardman was in jesus yeah (laughs) remembering these bonkers names um so probably some more backstory it probably won't feed into the like main plot as much but it'll definitely give more context and more explanation for some things so that seems interesting about that i mean explanation there there will be more will it make sense is to be seen (laughs) there will be more yes Will it explain things? I don't know. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. Um, what is exciting, uh, though, is that we just talked about uh, Ghost of Tsushima director's cut and how it's kind of like a convoluted uh, upgrade process. This one is, if you're buying the director's cut new on PS5, it's 50 bucks, which is cheaper than the original launched for, I believe. Um, and then if you are going from the PS4 to the PS5 version, then it's only 10 bucks. Yep, cool. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested in this. I'm glad they talked about, you know, upgrading the melee combat. Um, it is a case where, personally, I felt like everything involving combat in that game was a little mushy and felt awkward, so more focus on that might might really help the game out, so that that's neat. Um, yeah, if you want our full yeah. thoughts, we did review this game not too long ago, so there's an episode up in the feed, but um, we'll probably revisit revisit it sometime. Yep. Uh, and then the last thing they showed was just a longer gameplay presentation for Deathloop, and I don't think there was really anything new there. It was just eight minutes of gameplay and then reminding us it was it's out this September 14th. Um, Deathloop still looks great. I don't think this gameplay demo did anything to ease my fears of it. <laughs> I have one who's still a little anxious about this being a roguelike. I don't love that, personally. Um... But I, I still think the game looks cool, and I'm still very, very excited for it. I just I don't know if I'm into redoing shit with a game like this. You didn't. <laughs> we'll see. You didn't play Prey Mooncrash, did you? No, I never got around to it. Okay, that one was a roguelike, and that one was pretty interesting and fun. So we'll see yeah, how this comes um, out. Game still looks great, though. Lots of fun style. They do seem to be putting a lot more emphasis on the action. Um, seems like there will be stealth if you want, but it, everything they've showed just is action, action, action. Um, so maybe it looks a little less dishonored than I first assumed, even though it looks very much like a secret Dishonored 3. <laughs> um, but yeah, looks great. I'm, I'm still pretty excited, even if I have some concerns. Um, yeah, and that was the state of play. Overall, I, I had fun watching it. It was only half an hour. I, it was a good time. Um... I, I still think we're going to get another one, like, relatively soon. Um, For their first-party stuff? Yeah. I mean, they've got to talk about Horizon at some point, right? I mean, they <laughs> like, just did a sizable demonstration of it. Yeah, but they keep saying it might be coming out this year or early next year, so they got to give a date. Yeah, they got to cement that. <laughs> yeah, um... You know, they got God of War, they got Final Fantasy 16, and um, what's the cool shooter? Um, Go, uh, Ghost, 
Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah. You know, they got a bunch of really cool stuff that they got to show off at some point. So I, I suspect we'll get another one of these relatively soon, maybe in the next couple months. That weird Capcom um, space shooter thing. Oh, yeah. Who can oh, ever. The one on the moon. Ish. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one. Um, Forspoken. Yeah, they, they, they've got cool stuff to talk about. So I, I don't think this is the last we hear of Sony for the summer. Um, yeah, overall, a, a fun show. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all we have for you today. Um, I did want to leave you out. We don't have a big topic, but I do want to recommend. It's been happening as we record. I actually think it might have just ended, or maybe it's just ending tomorrow. But if you're looking for something to do, go check out the archived stuff for summer games done quick i've been watching a lot of that it's been really fun lots of cool runs there have you been watching any of that uh i have not but i definitely will go back for the archives because there's some fun things being (laughs) speed run there yeah um earlier today i watched a astros playroom speed run oh i bet that's a fun time yeah um i watched a ratchet and clank into the nexus which is really great lots of out of bounds stuff which i love um you can beat that game in 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, you love to see it. Yeah, it's 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 a good time. Um, I started, it's very long, but I started a Horizon Zero Dawn speedrun. Um, oh, how long is that? Is, it's like two hours. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, and also I watched a really fun Mario Odyssey speedrun uh, where the gimmick there is they could only get Moon's Takatu the the parrot recommends them to get. So. <laughs> oh, that's wild. So that was that was a fun one to watch. Uh, the commentators in that too were really great. So I highly recommend that. Um, it's a great first I've ever watched a speed run kind of run. Um, so heavy recommends there. I have started a Ghost Runner speed run, which, as you'd imagine, is fucking great. <laughs> it's hectic as hell. Oh yeah. Um, I watched a speed run for Evolution Skateboarding, which I had never seen footage of that game. So that was a fun one to watch. Um, that is the, if you don't know, the Konami skateboarding game that features Solid Snake and Frogger. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. And um, Vampire Killer, because apparently they're worried about getting sued from themselves. They can't put Castlevania in the game. I don't understand why, huh, <laughs> but there you go. Strange. It's wild. It's really interesting. Um, and most importantly, relevant to us right now, there's a really great speed run of Spyro the Dragon, the original PlayStation version, so definitely recommend going to check that out. Um, if you're following along with us, that was a fun time, if you just played it. Um, yeah, so really recommend people go in and check that stuff out. Is there anything else we're missing? Uh, nope, I think that's about it. Next week will be the Spyro 2 episode, hopefully. Oh, I did want to acknowledge... Um, I have seen the Ubisoft Assassin's Creed story on Bloomberg. I have not read it yet. Uh, you're getting this podcast a little late, and I've got to be open here. Uh, I was not feeling mentally great yesterday, and so we didn't record this then, and that's when that story was going around, and I just didn't feel like reading a bunch of pressing stuff. <laughs> um, so I, I never got around to it, so I don't feel comfortable talking about it critically until I've actually read it. Um, but from seeing the headline and hearing people talk about it, it sounds like some bullshit. <laughs> So if it's still relevant by the next time we record one of these, we'll talk about it then. Um, I'm not thrilled about it, but yeah. So that's why I haven't talked about it here. It's not because I don't want to address some of the garbage that's going around there, but yeah. Um, just a heads up on that. Um, sorry I interrupted you. 
Oh, you still there? Ah, oh, this podcast, guys. <laughs> Lost Connor again. Um, what do you think he's doing? I'm a little worried to talk because I might be talking over him because we're doing our recording separately. I'm not just recording our Discord. Um, so I wonder, I wonder what he's doing over there. Well, anyway, it seems like we may have lost him, so I'll close it out. Uh, next week, you will hopefully be getting, probably be getting our Spyro Ripto's Rage episode. It was a fun one. Please check that out. You look back in the feed, we did Spyro the Dragon, the original version, which was great. And then, of course, two weeks from Ripto's Rage coming out, we'll have Year of the Dragon. So stay tuned for all of that goodness. Um, you can find the show at Safe Station Pod on Twitter. You can find Connor at SSR Conifer. At Conifer SSR Twitter. is the Twitter account there. Oh, there you are. Hey, I made it back. Uh, where can they find yeah. you, Dustin? They can find me at Dustin H Dragon. Um, yeah, hopefully next time around we have a we have a better internet situation. <laughs> Stable uh, internet connection. We don't cut out. Hopefully we haven't talked over each other too much here. So sorry about that. But thank you for listening. And please remember to always be good to each other. Yeah, and take care. Bye.